Welcome to the One Solution Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to explore if there really is one solution to all the world's problems. And that perhaps that solution lies in the mind. The mind is both the source of those problems, but also the solution to those problems. Hello, everybody. Today, we're delighted to have a guest in the studio with us. Uh, happens to be a colleague that we are partnering with now, and also someone I've grown to consider a dear friend. So um, I'd like to welcome Anna Debenham to the studio today. Anna is the founder of the Insight Alliance. She's going to tell us a little bit about what they do, but we're particularly interested in picking her brain today about one of the courses she's doing in prison, prisons. It's multiple now, right, Anna? Yeah. Yeah. Um, called the the Insight to Wellbeing. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Um, so why don't you start off just telling us about the Insight Alliance and what it is that you're up to in prisons? Um, well, the Insight Alliance kind of got born um, very organically last year, um, and it's 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 not its own sole nonprofit, but uh, but my the, I'm fiscally sponsored by the YWCA, um, and and having a nonprofit wasn't something that I ever thought was going to be me or we were going to do. Um, Same with us. Just, yeah. yeah, sounds familiar. Which <laughs> <laughs> sounded every other nonprofit I've seen is you know is, it's a lot of work you know and there's a lot to do and there's a lot of you know seemingly kind of things that I wouldn't necessarily want to do. But um, in the car park of of the women's prison. Um, uh, the executive director of YWCA, Susan Stoltenberg, said, well, you know, you get to do what you love and we'll do your books and your, your reports and then you get to carry on. You haven't got to do that stuff. And I just thought, well, that sounds like a, that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> okay, why not? So it was literally, it came to being um, in, in the car park of the women's prison um, because it sounded like a good idea. Um, Where so that's all really good ideas are born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parking exactly. lot of women prison. Yeah. Um, so that that was really where it started, and then and then having kind of you know when you have a new thought, it's like then things start to bubble up, and you start to get ideas, or I started to get ideas, and and then you know everything happens so easily. And I was sitting with um, there's a friend of mine who's a um, a philosophy teacher at Portland State University. She comes into to prison with me because she loves what we share, and it's been really helpful for her. Um, but she just kind of came up with a name in about a second. Um, and, uh, and then Kay, uh, Taylor, you know, we were on the call and we were just talking about logos and she said, Oh, just give me five minutes and I'll just kind of doodle and then I'll chuck something back to you. And that's the, you know what I mean? Everything just seemingly as a, as a start just happened really, um, you know, simply and organically. And it just, so um, that's really how it started. There was nothing more um, intricate than that. Um, the work, um, you know, which is is the work that I that I've come to love is working in prison, um, and that started um, in England. Um, so there was an opportunity for me to work with uh, Jacqueline Hollows at Beyond Recovery, and um, they'd just been given some money for a grant to do some research. Um, into this understanding of the mind and how helpful it is, um, you know, in, in reducing recidivism, reducing anger, reducing anxiety, and you know, increasing hope and well-being and and whatnot. And and um, so I, you know, immediately volunteered 
to to go into prison with her because I just thought that it'd be amazing. I didn't think anything actually. My hand just shot up and I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'd like to do it. I want to do it. Um, and so, you know, not only was I, you know, uh, kind of getting, you know, sort of um, increasing my own grounding in this understanding of the mind, but also getting to see guys in prison who I could have some thinking about, well, no, they can't change or, you know, that they're too far gone or something is in, in the way of them being able to see their own mental health or be able to sort of see something new where then they could change, you know, behavior kind of seamlessly, you know, automatically or things could start to, you know, change for them where they don't go into the hole anymore or they don't get into trouble anymore or they stop selling drugs in prison. And you start to see the possibilities and, and it was, um, it was so, it was so amazing. And, and dropped any sort of thinking about, you know, because they're in prison, they're any different from me. You know, they're, they're, you know, human beings and, and we all operate the same way. Um, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with them other than, you know, um, getting caught up in, in, uh, in stories and thoughts and agitation and, and, um, and behavior that then can lead some people to prison. Um, so it was just a fascinating learning. And then, and then I was, I worked with Jacqueline for a year. Um, and, and then we, uh, my husband and I were moving back to Portland where we'd lived before, uh, for about 10 years. And I just knew that prison was where I wanted to, to work. And I think with, with more of an open mind, I had so much more freedom of thought Whereas before I was like, oh God, how do I get in? How do I do that? I can't do that. That's going to be hard. I don't know anyone who's in prison. I haven't got any leads. I don't have any connections. It's a completely different sort of industry or work that I was doing before. I couldn't, you know, all those limiting factors that get in the way of my lines that I can't go beyond because I don't think it's possible. Well, in the previous year, um, all that kind of has sort of, you know, not all of it, obviously, but but bit by bit is, is being kind of let go of and, and dissolving and realizing that actually the line doesn't exist and I can pretty much do anything I want, you know, um, but for my thinking. Um, so again, it was kind of having conversations. I had a connection with, I put out a thing on Facebook saying, Hey, does anyone know anyone who works in prison? And a friend of mine knew someone who, um, used to volunteer um, and so I got in touch with him and, I, and then I had a conversation with him and he put me in touch with someone else who put me in touch with someone else who then put me in touch with someone else. And, and then it was just, um, you know, people saw that this could be a different approach to what was being shared in prison or to taught in prison. Um, and I just, you know, doors opened. Um, and then obviously doors that didn't open, I didn't have a lot of thinking about it. I didn't think that it meant anything. I just thought, okay, well, I'll, you know, that there's a door that is open, so I'll go through that one. Um, and then, it, you know, there I was. Then I just had a, a program in this first prison that I'm working in. And, you know, we started off small. No one knew what, 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 was, what, was it, what it was about. I put up flyers. You know, I was on the prison radio or the prison television. So um, I got to kind of advertise, in a way, what, what I was doing. Um, and, then, and then, you know, when people actually found it really helpful, like deeply helpful, um, in their own, you know, in, in finding peace of mind, even while they're incarcerated, that they could actually, you know, be happy in prison, you know, because we all know that we can, you know, be in prison in our own minds, whether 
we're behind sportball walls and a barbed wire fence or whether we're kind of, you know, wandering around the streets. So it was them sort of starting to um, see how helpful it was and then it just word of mouth and then it grew. So then we had, you know, a much bigger group the next time around and then it's turned into two groups because we couldn't fit everyone into one, you know, into one classroom. And then a couple guys who then got transferred to another prison wanted me to do a program down there. So then now it's grown to a second prison. Um, and then having the conversation with Susan Stoltenberg at the YWCA, wanting me to kind of uh, work in the women's prison. So then we had a, a meeting in the women's prison and that's where now they were saying they were really excited. Um, and that's where the car park situation happened because uh, Susan said, I've never seen those two so excited about a program that, and they want it to be a research project because if it's going to be something that develops into something more than just me coming in and doing one thing, that it actually becomes an alternative to some of the programs in prison, then it needs research. So even that, you know, Susan recommended a woman. Oh, I know this great woman, Dr. Sarah Bowen, and she's at Pacific University and she's done research relating to addiction and, you know, mindfulness and various different things. And so I gave her a Paul, she wanted to have a conversation and as we speak they're wrapping up the proposal for the DOC which I should have in my inbox this afternoon which starts the process of of um, doing research in the women's prison and then we'll be starting in the women's prison in uh, hopefully in, fe- in February so that's really how you know it got started with you know me getting out of my own way and just um, kind of you know being in the flow really so that was uh, that's it Wow. Just to give people context, you're talking about a year and a half, two year period. What time frame is all of this that you just described? Um, I think I got into the first prison after about six months of being five or six months of being in in Portland. Um, We're now, I now, I moved over here. Well, she Charles moved over here before me, but I'm moved over at the end of March, 2016. So yeah, it's going to come up in March. It'll be, it'll be two years. Wow. Incredible. Well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's just following, following the kind of pointing yourself in a direction and then just responding to what pops up along the way mm-hmm. with, with little, little thinking about it. You know, it's so, it's, it, I never thought life kind of could be as, as simple as, as it seems to be. Not yeah. that it doesn't have its challenges and I, you know what I mean? Like you don't, it's not that everything has suddenly gone smoothly and there's a sort of fairy dust that's now transformed everything. But, um, you know, I thought there was, all, there's, there was some technique or there was some way to live life or be successful that, that I wasn't getting or that, that I didn't know about. Um, but it turns out that it's kind of, you know, um, a lot simpler than that. Yeah, I, I, I know we can relate to this whole story because it's basically uh, our story, just exactly. different uh, content of it, like different... Yeah, pieces. Different geographical location and details, but (laughs) otherwise same. But like that's why we often like we talk about it as just following breadcrumbs, and that's really how it feels. And I think that's how anything feels or any part of life feels. If you're not obsessed with like, oh, what's behind the next breadcrumb, or what I'm not worthy of picking up this breadcrumb, or what's going to happen if then you know like. Just, just doing the step, like basically you said you were free of all that. You were free of the limitations. And what happens then you just do what totally makes sense, which is the yeah. next step. And I think that's what yeah. 
we kind of like what happened to us too. Like we had all these ideas of what we can do at what time and, and we need to plan certain things and we still plan, but it, it's really interesting how, how organic and how breadcrumb like it is. And then we look and see, wow, all this stuff happens when we look back. And coincidentally, like that's one of the main things that we see we, we feel could help change things. Like we'll get into it with, uh, with uh, your students and the people we're working with in a minute. But when you see that them letting go of like the layers of limitation and thinking, whatever you see, uh, basically a new trajectory, a new direction in life. And then they just start running with it. And two years later, they're at a completely different place. And I think that's the simplicity yeah. of just, just that little moment of a shift. And suddenly over time, you've, you've, you've ended up a completely different place, which you couldn't imagine yeah. uh, sitting here in the now, you know? No, absolutely. It's like, I sometimes think of it like, a, like an aperture. You know, when, when, my, when my internal aperture is kind of really focused on, this is how it needs to look like, and this is the direction, and I've got these blinders on because I'm focused on how it needs to turn out or having an expectation or a, or a desire for some particular out, outlook thinking that I have a better answer than, you know, the, the, than, the, than any, anything else that could possibly happen. But then in letting go of, of, of my old stories or my old beliefs or who I think I am or what I think I know, you know, just realizing that that's just, you know, thought and that's not real and it, can, it, can, it comes and goes. And my inner aperture, so to speak, kind of, gets wider and so when I've got more space inside um then I can actually see the breadcrumbs to follow you know I couldn't see them before because I've got these blinkers on and I'm focused in one direction and and breadcrumbs happen all around us so we can have breadcrumbs kind of behind us that we can't see but when our when our aperture is more open then we can see new possibilities and we can we can see um you know follow breadcrumbs because we're actually more open and more present to whatever shows up rather than thinking it has to look at, look a particular way. Um, because in, you know, me doing that life always has a, has a different plan. And then I think I've done it wrong. I thought that I should be doing something different and it's not working. So I need to buckle down and do it harder rather than seeing that, well, I'm not in control of all this. You know, who knows what's going to happen? You know, we don't know what's going to happen. We walk out the door, you know, we can plan for so much, but then life happens. And we figure it out because that's what human beings do. And so when I see that I have inside me the same ability to figure things out as I go and notice where I've done it before and I forget about it or don't realize that's just an inbuilt intelligence. Um, and when I actually now know on a deep level that that's, that's part of me, that's part of our makeup, that's our birthright, you know, then... It, it, it doesn't fail to kind of come up with new possibilities and new thoughts, new ideas when there's the space inside um, because we can let go of that old kind of stagnant, you know, gibberish um, <laughs> that's inside, you know, that <laughs> um, there's more space to, yeah, like you say, follow those breadcrumbs and it's, it's, it's kind of fun Then it's fun. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder what this conversation is going to bring because I got nothing on it. I'm not attached to an outcome. If one conversation doesn't work, then something else will. Um, and so it becomes more interesting and it becomes more of a kind of game. 
it's like, okay, so where, where are the grants going to come from? Where's the fun, where's the funds going to come from? Oh, okay. Well, let's, it, it's not like, oh God, how am I going to do this? This is so hard. <laughs> this is a nightmare. It, it, it's like, okay, well, it's going to work out because I, I, in some way, some way, who knows how, um, but I'm just, you know, starting to see that it's living life in a, in a more open, more curious, more, um, I wonder if, wouldn't it be cool if, like, how does this work? Rather than thinking that I know the answers and I have, um, you know, I, I have the ultimate plan. Um, it, it, it's, it's a lot more kind of, it's a lot more fun. Well, I was just going to say, and you, you can chat, uh, see if you want to go in the same direction, Mara, but like, so hearing that from you, when you go in to the prisons and you talk with them, and they are in their situation and they have followed their breadcrumbs so far, which had them end up in prison. And you start talking about these things. How, what was kind of the first reaction and what, what, what started, what did they hear and what was the kind of the evolution from like, from you began and, and into the programs that you're doing? Well, What's in what what I find fascinating is there's a hell of a lot less resistance than I you could one you could think um, about going into prison and talking about something that's that's um, that may be different from their other programs because you know a lot of their programs are learn this do this do this tool do this model um, and it's going to make you a better person like you're broken you need fixing. And here are the programs and here are the tools that can help you, um, that can help you become better than you already are. Well, because we're, now we're pointing in a completely different direction. So I'm not coming in saying you're broken, you need fixing. I, I'm there saying you're not broken, you don't need fixing, there's nothing wrong with you. We just get caught up in our agitation caught up in our thinking which leads to feelings and behavior and actions and we get kind of you know swept away um in and we end up in prison but it doesn't it doesn't mean that at core there's anything wrong with us like our our deeper you know um i'm gonna say and i hesitate when i say our our deeper spiritual well-being because you know it's um some people it's interesting they um they really connect with seeing themselves as as a, as a spiritual sort of being you know having a human experience and but other people you know get the more scientific kind of we're all the same energy there's a certain amount of finite energy within the universe and there's a, they can see the intelligence behind it they can see that they're all sitting there and they're breathing and their their food is is being digested and the Blood's being pumped around their bodies by their hearts, and they're not having to worry about it. it there's an, you know, there's an intelligence. Um, friend of mine actually saw a birth this weekend. Um, she'd never been at a birth, and she's like, "It's just amazing how a little baby knows how to turn upside down and shoot out." You know, <laughs> like how phenomenal is this? And you know, how phenomenal? How clever? And you just think, "Yeah, it's inbuilt to the system," and they. So they see that they they they've had they whoever they whoever they are they 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 see their innate well being 
So I'm not teaching them or sharing with them something that they haven't already seen inside themselves. So they, they you know, they connect with, um, you know, the, the, their well-being or, or that sense of okayness. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I was in solitary confinement for a year and a half, but I knew I was going to be okay. I don't know what it was, but I just knew I was going to be okay. Is that what you're talking about? You know, or to someone else, it may look like, oh, I had that, I had that voice that says I shouldn't get into this car, but I did it anyway, and that's why I'm here. Is that the voice, that, that inner wisdom? It's like people see it in different ways, but, but it, it's not a foreign language. And it's like a relief to, to kind of go, oh, I know that. I know that feeling. I know that feeling of being okay. I also know the other feeling of, 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 of the agitation, which leads to me feeling like life isn't going well and I'm not okay. But I, I've had those moments when I feel okay, no matter what. And, and so pointing them back to themselves and their okayness rather than pointing them outside of themselves as something else that they need to make them feel like they're, they're not broken or learning a tool or a technique or some way of living that they don't already know. What I find for myself and for the people I work with, when we get kind of pointed back to who we really are underneath it all, um, that we've got, you know, innate intelligence and we've got this innate wisdom, then it kind of starts to um, grow. It's like, um, you know, pouring a little bit of water on something that's freeze dried and, and it kind of expands. And actually, there I'd never seen this advert before, but I guess in America there's an advert called Chia, Chia Pets. Yeah. That, that grow. And so we were talking, and then, then, yeah, which I've never, I've never seen, which they think is ridiculous, but it's like, oh, this, oh, this is like Chia Pets for the soul. And it's like, yeah. I mean, so, you know, an image, a visual image of like, it's like, okay, that's, that's what it is. It's like bringing something to life that's already you know, alive because it's got this, you know, the, this, 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 you know, intelligence. Of, or, and so it's, it's kind of fun. So playing with different images or, you know, talking about um, the mind and, and, and um, the, the, the sort of where our experience of life is coming from and, 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 and then how we can get caught up in our agitation. And then someone will say, okay, so I, I like working with computers, but what you're really saying kind of is, if I, if I shut down all the other programs that are going on my computer and I just focus on the one that I'm working on in the mind, you know, then life, it, things go better because I'm, you know, it tends to whir, my computer tends to whir a lot, you know, you know, go slower when I've got all these different programs open. But this is, this is like that. So they come up with their own analogies of, of, of kind of what makes, and they say, oh, I get that. Okay, just shut down all the other computers and be in the moment. Be in the program I'm in, like being the, 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 rather than having all these other kind of distractions. And it's like, yeah, if you see it like that, that, that's, that, that's really cool. So it's actually less foreign than one would think going into a prison and, and, and pointing someone um, in, in a sort of back towards themselves and noticing that they notice, like any other human being, that on one day, life can look amazing and great and everything's going well and you don't really, you know, care about the noise that their bunk is making or this guard who's kind of being irritating. So they just kind of, you know, let it roll off their backs. On another day, life can seem really hard and everything is irritating and that guard that they want to 
throttle him or their bunkmate who's making a noise they want to, you know, punch. But they can, they start to see, well, if I can have the same experience or a different experience about the same thing on a different day, well, it can't be coming from the outside. Well, they start to see that for themselves. I'm not telling them that's what, that's how it works. You point them in a direction and they go, oh yeah, I, I, I see that. I see that for myself. Um, and, and then they start teaching each other or, you know, this one guy came in he was like totally agitated thinking, okay, well, there's a guy that's come back into prison. I'm, I hear through the grapevine that there's a guy coming back into prison and he, he jumped me in the shower. He beat me up in the shower 15 years ago and he's coming back into prison and that's it. I'm going to beat him up. And, and there's, it's not thinking, there's no two ways about it. It's just real and it's happening and I'm going to do this. Now, I'm starting to kind of, you know, point him into that, well, we don't know this man actually exists. Like you, you know, it's all thought. It's coming from thought. You're thinking, when you're thinking about this guy, you're feeling the anger, you're feeling your thinking and didn't touch the sides. And he's like, nonsense, it's not thought, it's real. <laughs> and then this other guy in the group says, okay, well, what happens if he came back in a wheelchair? And his whole demeanor changed and his whole face changed. He's like, huh. Well, I probably feel sorry for him. And he said, see, there's always possibility for new thought. And it's like, uh, yeah, okay. And it's like, great. You know, <laughs> what... <laughs> You know, that, that was something that it resonated, totally resonated. And he saw that in the split second, he could feel completely different about the, the, the same thing, looking at it in a different way. Now, that, that was helpful for him. And he, he could drop his thinking that it looked a particular way and it had to have a particular outcome. You know, or, or just as there's, um, you know, an, an, another guy would get so angry with this guy who'd clap. Um, in, in, on his bunk next to him and, and he'd always be clapping because he'd have this, these headphones on and he, he listened to a sport, which obviously they scored loads of goals because he was always kind of, you know, making, having a reaction. And it used to absolutely bug the shit out of him. And, and he's like, don't tell me that's my thinking because if he wasn't there, I wouldn't be feeling this, you know. And it's definitely coming from him. You know, it's that line where, yeah, I can see that this stuff isn't real, but this, this is definitely not me. Anyway, he comes back in one day and he's like, oh, I totally see what you mean. I went down to the chow hall yesterday and I bumped into the guy, I bumped into him, you know, the guy that the clapper. And, and he, he, he said, hey man, sorry, no disrespect. And he said, in that moment, I saw him as a person. Like he was really sweet. He said, no disrespect. Like, like I had this image in my head that he was a complete arsehole. And it's like, in that moment, when I saw that, now, I don't care if he claps. I don't even notice the clapping. Clap away. I mean, he's just having fun. Who am I to say he shouldn't clap? I mean, I don't under, Like, why did I care? But, you know, so they start to see for themselves and then they learn from each other that you can have a different response to the same thing. And so then it's, like, really cool because they'll come back. And, and there's all sorts of stories I can share about. And it's the little things. It's not these big profound things, but it's like the everyday moment-to-moment experience mm-hmm. of life and how they start yeah. to see it different. And that, that's just then how they, their state of mind starts to change because they're less reactive to their own thoughts and they're less reactive to other people's thoughts and other people's experience. And, and they understand that 
the experience is just energy. It's just, you know, thoughts and feelings are just moving through them and they, they don't need to react to a thought. They don't need to react to a feeling. It just comes and goes and passes through like the weather. And, and so they start to have a different relationship um, with, you know, the outside world and they have a different relationship with their feelings and they just kind of have less on it. They have more freedom of mind and then they can kind of like the, the, the humor, they have more humor. They say, God, I, I just laugh at myself of things I used to get worked up about. It's ridiculous. Um, so then it just, it just goes from there and we just have some really fun conversations because they have such great senses of humor, you know, as people do when they, when they're less earnest and less kind of in their own heads and, mm. and it, it, we, you know, it's, it's brilliant. Well, and I can totally see, but I'd love to hear you elaborate on it because you, you know, work with them firsthand is how that translates then to, you know, while they're in prison, having less incidents that, you know, can potentially shorten their sentence. And then when they get out, I know that you have a group now that have kind of graduated out of the program and been released and are no longer incarcerated and they're making different choices in their life that are not landing them back in prison. Uh, and all that is a result of exactly what you just talked about, that different relationship to their own minds and seeing it as thought and not as external stimuli that has to make them feel a certain way or has to make them respond a certain way. Like, I love the clapper example, but it's, it's so night and day. You can see how that can lead someone to such agitation that then they react violently that gets them in trouble, which gets their... Yeah you know, sentence extended, for example, or if you're not in prison out on the street, that that leads to certain behaviors that land you in prison. So I'm just curious if you can say a bit more about how that shift in their minds is what changes their behavior on, on as you're pointing out, on, on these silly day-to-day examples, but they really have far-reaching repercussions in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think something something key, because you know I'm I'm sort of very clear that this isn't that the sort of the the program that's going to make people happy and and you know and live on this kind of um, this land of of sort of um, I don't know pure happiness and, and <laughs> all the time it's going to be amazing because they can once they start dropping their thought dropping thinking they feel better. They're like, wow, this is amazing. And it's kind of remembering that, well, no, we're human and we're going to, you know, we're going to have bad days and we're going to get caught up because we can't always see that our experience of life is coming from the inside out rather than, you know, the outside. So when we, when we kind of, um, when they start, they stop kind of labeling their experiences as good and bad and right and wrong. And I need to have more positive experiences and less negative ones. And, and these thoughts are good and those thoughts are bad. And this feeling, it makes me feel this and this feeling is, you know, wrong. And they just start to see experience as, as um, all experience um, as, just, as just that, as just experience. It's just what we're in in the moment and it comes and it goes and it changes. They, they're less attached to life looking one particular way and they actually can roll with, roll with it. And, and they know that it's going to be bad days, you know. So when they get out, they have a whole different set of circumstances or outside things that can look really real in the moment, whether it's um, getting a job or where they're going to live or, or you know, just, just moment to moment. 
you know, they get bumped into on a, on a bus in prison. That's a deal breaker. If someone bumps into you in prison, they're doing it on purpose and it's disrespectful and then they're going to pay the consequences. Well, we all know that we've been on a bus and people don't, can't even, don't even see you. They've got, they got the rucksack on their back and it's, you know, thumps you upside of the head, you know, and it, they don't even notice they're doing it. It's not, they, they don't, there's no, you know, so they have to sort of, they'll, they, they kind of, you know, can, can have instant reactions to that and then they can go, oh God, no, I'm, it just it's not real it's not real and so there's a lot of different circumstances and it's not to say they don't have difficult days and I'll get phone calls um you know about sort of going okay my PO is driving me mad and it's definitely the PO and we start we have a conversation they're going you're right you're right she's okay no she's I know I know this is going to be all right okay thank you that's just what that's all I needed so they still it, it, you know, it's, it's not like we have a 10-week program and then we're all perfect because we know that for ourselves. Um, that's not true. Um, but they carry forward. They carry with them. Once they've seen that, that um, you know, th- thought in the moment is creating their experience, not their circumstances, events, and people, and they know that to be true, even when they get caught up, they can have some distance from it because they know that it's not really that person, even though they can start to feel, you know, frustrated or, you know, a guy, you know, who, you know, when they're getting a job and they can have thinking about when they ask for their, their, um, their, they're doing a background check or they can then think they've got it, they've, they've lost it or that it's not, well, you know, that's not going to work out they can just see that as thought and let it go and not actually then run with that thought and then kind of give up and then think that it's not going to happen. I mean, one guy he was, he was such a great example and it, it kind of helped me too, in a way, see and use as an example is that he, his first opportunity to get a job and he was outside and he, he, he walked for miles. It was in the shipping yard and he walked for miles to find where this work was and it was pouring with rain and it was just, but he really wanted this job, you know, and he went down to the shipyard and, this, and then he was going through and it all sounded good until he said that he just got out of prison. And you could see that the interviewer's face just totally dropped. And now he said, and, and, then, and then it didn't lead to anything because he, could t- he just wasn't, it, was, it just shut down from there. And this guy said, you know, normally that would have done it. I would have had my fuck it moment. And gone, see, it's all, it, I can't, you know, and gone and used or gone to do something, you know, done to sort of his old behavior, his own coping mechanisms. And because he knows his well-being doesn't come from whether he gets the job or not, or whether that man thinks anything about him or not, that he, he knows that his well-being is intact no matter what. His okayness doesn't come from the outside. It doesn't come from getting a particular job. It's inbuilt he could actually go, okay. And then he was walking back. He had a quiet mind. It wasn't full of the agitation of, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm I messed up and I can't get a job and see, this is it. I'm a criminal and they're going to think this and I, I can't do it. He, he, he didn't have a lot of thinking about it. He saw it as just one situation that didn't, the door didn't open. And he was going to get a coffee and in the car park, he saw a truck, a flaggers truck, you know, with the, with the, when they're doing roadworks as flaggers. And he went up and said, Hey, I don't suppose you've got any job openings. And they said, actually, we're looking for someone. 
and um, our, our manager, the boss, is in, just in there. We'll go and talk to him. And he's like, cool, okay. And then so he, he got an interview there. And then the same day, another um, new thought popped into his head um, about another. He asked someone else in a different car park, um, about, I mean, literally, about, oh, are you looking for any work? Because it was a construction thing. And they said, actually, yeah, we are. So having had an awful experience in the morning, which could have made everything go pear-shaped, he, he didn't react because he knew it wasn't about him. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't mean anything. Let it go. Open mind. New thoughts could pop in. He was open to asking, you know, hey, are you looking for work? He had two jobs by the end of the day. <laughs> you know, so that he could see and he called me um, and said, look at that. That was so cool. Like, I wouldn't have done that before. I would, have, yeah. I would be in a, in a bar by now. And those kind of things, again, small things that, that actually are big things when you're looking for work and you're wanting to get your life back on track. Um, you know, when you're, when you're feeling better or you're feeling okay and you're not thinking that your experience means anything about you or your feelings are, are, are rigid and, and, and you need to respond to them, then they don't need to go get high or go and, you know, go and have a drink because they know that the feelings will, will change by themselves. Yeah. Um, so that, that the, the small thing, and then they just get jobs, and then they see that with less on their mind, life tends to go better. They're connected with that deeper natural intelligence, so they make better choices. They, they're, they, they don't feel so adrift all the time because they're not out in the, in the outer realms of you know, the hell of you know, thought after thought after reaction after reaction, which takes you to catastrophizing. They don't do that so much. And when they do it, they know it's not real. Mm. Then they can be, they, then they're more connected to who they really are at core. Um, I think you've called it once that safety net feels more under their feet rather than like so far away that they have no idea that it's even there. And so they can just stay more and more grounded when life's kind of ups and downs um, happen. You know, so then they, they do better and then they feel really proud of themselves and they're like, wow, I didn't know this was possible. You know, there's, there's a, a guy actually in prison um, the other day. So I feel like I've got a secret weapon, mm-hmm. like the resilience that we have, you know, that's naturally inbuilt can feel like a secret weapon. That's why the you kids know. call it their superpower. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, and it's it, when it, it's like, wow, this is, this is with me all the time. It's not something that I've got to go looking for outside of myself or it's there sometimes and it's not. Even when I don't know it's there or even when I don't feel it, it's, all, it's always there because it's built into the system. And, and that's, that's, that's really cool because they start to lead different lives. What's amazing is what you keep talking about is 100% internal. And all of the ways in which it shows up in their <coughs> life externally are the result of an internal shift, a realization of how their mind works and what they have going for them. I think that's what's so cool is like, just in that one guy's example, you've touched on so many things that people see as um, larger systemic issues or external issues, like addiction, for example, or like um, violence, jobs for the incarcerated and the limited um, opportunity, particularly in this country, for people to rebuild their life after prison. And 
And I know from having sat down with, you know, the, the teenagers that we work with in the South Side, there's a lot of belief that those are powers that be out of their control. You know, it's like, well, the government or the system or the man or whatever you want to call it is kind of stacked against me. But in that one guy's story, you can see just his realization of what was going on in his mind in the moment and the freedom that he had to relate to that differently than he might have in the past saved him from feeling completely shut down by a bad interview, which could have led to a tremendous amount of insecurity and upset and obviously in his case, using in the past. But just a different understanding of the mind completely avoided all of that. And then the fact that, as you said, because he's in a clear mind, he's not gone down that rabbit hole of, oh, I'm t- uh, this is never going to work. The system stacked against me. I'm just going to go get drunk or high or whatever. He's having helpful, useful, resilient ideas in the moment that then lead to two jobs by the end of the day. Like, I think that is so brilliant as an example of that innate human intelligence at its best. And it has nothing to do with anything outside of us, even in spite of things being potentially stacked against us outside of us. In the right state of mind, it doesn't look that way and it doesn't get in our way and it doesn't stop us from leading a healthy life. Like That's what I think is so cool about your story is we could have an entire interview about the systems that be, the powers that be. But instead, it's an entire conversation about one internal realization that's mm-hmm. made this individual have a different trajectory available to him. Absolutely. It's so cool. And I love yeah. those simple examples. And I remember when we did our video exchange between your students and our uh, youth here in Chicago, they were asking about some of the stuff that they've learned from you that was different. And one of your guys shared that there was this one situation where uh, somebody he knew, I don't know if it was a friend or a relative, got into trouble. And they were really like, all right, and and they could relate to that because when some of their homies are in trouble, it's like, call all your friends, we're doing it. We're all going to go and do something. Yeah, we got each other's back. We got each other's back. Like that's that's part of the uh, code, the yeah. code, you know, uh, which they are starting seeing is like kind of made up. But he was saying, <laughs> kinda, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, he he was saying, well, this guy called me and said, "Hey, we got to go, you know, do something about this." And basically, he said, "You know, I'm sitting here in my home. How about you come to me, and we'll just chill at my house." And I just thought that was such a simple example of like two completely different options. One of them completely invisible to the other guy. Mm. But once he saw it, oh, I could actually chill out and just come to your house and we'll avoid this stuff and not go to jail. And yeah. it's like so simple, it's yet so, so invisible. simple. But and 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 the kids who heard that answer were like, wow, that's that was new. That like they haven't like, wow, I was surprised Ooh. that he shared that and it, it kind of started opening my like how much of other stuff are we just automatically reacting to automatically kind of recruiting to mm. do and what other options are there and once you start yeah. looking at what other options are there you will find them 
And I just find those yeah. simple kind of openings of opportunities just does so much for, for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So just to explain some background, we started a video exchange between the teenagers in the South side of Chicago that we're working with and Anna's students in her program that um, are either currently incarcerated or recently got out. And we did a Q&A and it was so cool because a lot of these kids um, have already done time in jail um, or know someone or their parents are in jail. or um, so, so they have a lot in common. So it was really cool. They're, they're learning the same things about the mind, but instead of asking us you know, questions, they got to mm-hmm. ask these guys that are really um, living in a situation that they can either relate to because they've been in it or they have a feeling they might end up in it. And so it's really cool having them do these, this video Q&A back and forth. But what was so cool about that example that Adik is talking about where the guy told the story of basically his homie called him up and said, come on, we got to go fight. And he said, I got a better idea. Why don't you come to my house and chill? <laughs> was He talked about And you could see the kids take it in and see, oh, like he basically said that learning about his mind allowed him to start being a leader of his own life. Yeah. And that was really cool. It's like you could kind of see the dominoes falling in the kids' minds of, oh, I've been being a follower. So the idea of retaliation is a follower idea. Oh, I have to do this in order to look good to these people or look like I did the tough thing or the right thing or and I don't have to and if I don't I become a leader of my own mind and my own life and they really liked that and that one simple example they they could chuckle because it's like oh yeah I could just invite you to my house to chill instead of me going and getting in your car and getting in trouble and ending up in jail. Do is you start to see when they start, when when you start to see those like little example, and like you say, like a, a penny drops, or you have a a new, it's like you see something that you hadn't seen before because before it didn't exist. So you can't see something if you can't see it until you until you see it. But when you see it, it's like it's like you drop into the unknown or something. You know, it's like you drop into you know. Sometimes I do this diagram where there's a little stick figure and, you know, I get so much flack for my stick figures, but, but the, you know, with, with a sort of box of, you know, and then, but where one thought drops away, you know, a little crack of light comes in where there's, you know, there's a little space where then that there isn't just one way to do life. There isn't just one way to see, see, you know, to, to sort of like follow the code or do what other people do because that's what you do. And, and it's literally just a rote sort of experience of life because you just keep doing the same thing other people have done. When you, when you kind of see that, that there's, 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 always, there's always new ideas because ideas come from nowhere and that's infinite and that unknown, everything comes from nothing. We come from nothing. You know, every thought, every idea, everything we see in a room, like came from someone having a new idea and then creating. And so when they start to see the infinite possibility of new thought and new experience, it's like the light bulb goes off because once you see it once, they see that it's possible in other, in other situations. Like, oh, what else could be? 
nonsense here? What else, <laughs> yeah. am I, what else am I not seeing that there's another thought? And as soon as that, as soon as there's even the question in your mind that there's a new possibility or there's something else I'm not seeing and we can be curious and be in the not knowing rather than, oh, I know that. Oh, no, no, I know. I, I know that. I already know that. Oh, no, I'm not that kind of person. I can't do that. Oh, no, it's not me. I'm in this gang. I'm not in that gang. But those are just this, this, this just thought that we, we've come to see is this kind of cage which we then live in. And as soon as one little penny drops and then another little penny drops or someone else has an experience and someone else sees, like your, your guy seeing something from, hey, let's just chill here, which was a new thought. You know, I think it was Brandon who said that. Oh, I can't remember. But, but then it, it's like the, you, start to, you can start to dwell more in the unknown. Mm. And then when you see that this unknown is like, is, 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 uh, is available all the time and who knows what's going to come out of the unknown because everything comes from the unknown and it's like, the, that's so cool. Um, then life gets just more interesting in, in and of itself, you know, day to day experiences, you know, who knows what's going to happen. We walk out the door and you just wouldn't. So there's that sense of we're in control of our own destiny that we don't have to do what the other person says and we can actually do what we want to do. Um, but, but also, you know, seeing that kind of that, that flow of life where, where life is moving through us and we get to see a whole different kaleidoscope of, of possibilities than we ever thought possible. Um, and, and it's, 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 it's tapping into this tapestry of like things that we, that, that, that are, there's a whole world of, of, of magic that we didn't know existed. And that, that's kind of fun and it gets exciting and they see that that's possible even for them, that they're not, you know, because they think, well, that's not, that's not possible for me because I'm, I'm a monster or, you know, I'm a convict or I'm a criminal or I'm broken. And once they start to see that there's nothing different about them than anybody else other than, you know, them taking thoughts seriously that make them mean something about themselves rather than just seeing it as fluid and it doesn't, none of it means anything and they can move through life in a very different way. Then, then they, they get, then they're like, okay, I, I'm getting, I'm getting a handle on this. Like this is really cool because <laughs> you know, that they, <laughs> I don't know how to sort of explain it, but it, it just kind of ignites something. That, that they can then see that, that, you know, bad days happen and it's going to be, there's going to be days where I'm stuck. You know, George says, you know, when you're hot, you're hot and you're not, you're not. It's not like it's, you know, they can see it all the time, but, but they can live more in that place. And then there's more opportunities and possibilities and, and uh, there's a different kind of excitement to running the streets. We can edit this out. I have to go because I have another call. I would much rather stay and keep doing this. I think you guys should keep going, <laughs> but I have to call. Yeah. Cool. So, sorry. Thank That's you, Anna. Have fun. Absolutely no amazing. See you later. Cool. <laughs> well, I absolutely loved everything. I could talk for five hours about this. So we'll definitely have you back on um, on a podcast. The only last thing I would want to kind of first say to the people listening is that there is uh, like a short mini documentary about the work, a video that. Um, you guys made Anna that I really recommend everybody watching. And then we're also creating more that people could listen and see the exchange between the kids on the South side here and 
people you're working with on a uh, previously incarcerated or also incarcerated uh, talking. So you'll actually get to see these responses live in this video. So those are two things that are coming for you as a listener. And the only kind of last question for you, Anna, is, you know, we can definitely see that you're inspired by this. You're loving it. You're seeing the potential. You you feel so hopeful and so clear about that there's something to be done. It seems like you see that really clearly. And is there anything you could speak about or share about all the people who don't feel that either in their life or they might feel it about America or about the world, like this feeling of like, everything's going to shit. There's nothing to do. There's no point in even trying. Is there anything you've seen about that for yourself or would you work with inmates or, or anything that would be of value? Well, I mean, what actually pops to mind and it's funny because it's not the kind of, it's always like, not, not the correct story, but it feels it, it somehow it's popping to mind is that is the story that I just love from um, Dr. Bill Pettit, you know, when, when um, his, his wife died and he, you know, he had two kids and a lot of people, and I've probably got this wrong by the way, because it's, it's like Chinese whispers, you know, the story it came through whoever it came through. I'm so I'm sorry if this story is like, is totally wrong, but this is how I, this is how, this is how I tell it, you know, um, that, that people, you know, were so worried about him and his kids because he, um, you know, what, what's going to happen? Your poor kids, they're going to grow up without a mother. Like, aren't you worried? Aren't you, aren't, you know, it must be so awful. Aren't you worried? And, and, and he's like, no, I, I love my kids too much to worry about them. They don't need my worry. They need my presence. And I, I think that's such a great example because you can use it in any capacity. It's like my life doesn't need my worry. It needs my presence. The world doesn't need my worry. It needs my presence. And if I'm getting, you know, if, if, we, if we stay caught up in, you know, what's going on in the government and what's going on out there. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not concerned and it's, it, it's not that I'm turning a blind eye, but, but my life doesn't need me to worry about. The world doesn't need me more, another worrier staying caught up in, their, in my own thinking where I'm then distracted and I'm not present and I live in an agitated state because I'm, you know, so it's like the world needs our presence. And I, and I think that for me, such a, uh, um, is, is, is is kind of and it's not really answering your question but it's like what do you say to oh, people it is. But, yeah. but, okay <laughs> that's great <laughs> so i'm just trying to connect dots here because it was just what came <laughs> to my mind but, it, but it's like we can all i know that's like we can all get caught up because that's what we do like but but this but but if we're present and in our life we can actually see more those moments of what's working and and what is going well and 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 where where there is possibility and where there is opportunity and what's alive and what's kind of constant rather than the, 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 the noise and the stories and the agitation that we're fed all the time and that people get into and then we can get caught up with them. It's like, that's all the illusion of life. Like that's the, that's the you know, what's that game? Um, the um, battleships, you know, I used to play battleships when I was li- little. It's like moving the pieces and they're always going to be problems. There's always going to be, you know, situations that are going to make us feel worried, but, 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 worrying about them and getting stressed about stuff isn't helping anyone or anything it's like so when I'm you know in my life and I'm more present and I'm not worried then I can do the things that I can do to make a difference in the world 
and I can actually sort of notice what needs my attention rather than sort of just in a world of my own because I can't see them for the trees because I'm caught up. So it, that, it, it's like there's always something to be seen. There's always something new. There's always something amazing that's out there that's happening. Um, if we can, you know, if, we, if we're present in our life to be available to see what's, see what's amazing and what's out there and what, what the possibilities and the good stuff that is happening. Wow, that's beautiful. Perfect. Thank you so much, Anna. It's been an amazing conversation, and and uh, I look forward to the next time. We'll we'll have you on in cool in a while, and we might even come yeah, and yeah, visit you prison soon. Oh, I know. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Anytime, always welcome. All right. Then get someone else to listen to rather than me. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thank you so much. Have a nice Have a nice day, Anna. Thanks a lot, Eric and uh, Amara, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Cool. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.